0: section sixty eight of the genius by theodore dreiser this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter thirty nine the results of this evening were most pleasant but in some ways disconcerting it became perfectly plain that colfax was anxious to have eugene desert the calvin company and come over to him you people over there he said to him at one stage of the conversation have an excellent company, but it doesn't compare with this organization which we are revising. Why, what are your two publications to our seven? You have one eminently successful one, the one you're on, and no book business whatsoever. We have seven publications all doing excellently well, and a book business that is second to none in the country. You know that. If it hadn't been that the business had been horribly mismanaged, it would never have come into my hands at all. Why, Whitla, I want to tell you one little fact in connection with that organization, which will illustrate everything else which might be said in connection with it before I came here. They were wasting twenty thousand dollars a year on ink alone. We were publishing a hundred absolutely useless books that did not sell enough to pay for the cost of printing, let alone the paper, plates, typework, and cost of distribution. I think it's safe to say we lost over a hundred thousand dollars a year that way. The magazines were running down. They haven't waked up sufficiently yet to suit me, but I'm looking for men. I'm really looking for one man, eventually, who will take charge of all that editorial and artwork and make it into something exceptional. He wants to be a man who can handle men. If I can get the right man, I will even include the advertising department for that really belongs with the literary and art sections it depends upon the man he looked significantly at eugene who sat there stroking his upper lip with his hand well he said thoughtfully that ought to make a very nice place for someone who have you in mind no one as yet that i am absolutely sure of i have one man in mind who i think might come to fill the position after he had had a look about the organization and a chance to study its needs a little. It's a hard position to hold. It requires a man with imagination, tact, judgment. He would have to be a sort of Vice Colfax, for I can't give my attention permanently to that business. I don't want to. I have bigger fish to fry. But I want someone who will eventually be my other self in these departments, who can get along with Florence White and the men under him and hold his own in his own world i want a sort of bipartisan commission down there each man supreme in his own realm it sounds interesting said eugene thoughtfully who's your man as i say he isn't quite ready yet in my judgment but he is near it and he's the right man he's in this room now you're the man i'm thinking about witla no said eugene quietly yes you replied colfax you flatter me he said with a deprecatory wave of his hand. I'm not so sure that he is. Oh yes he is, if he thinks he is, replied Colfax emphatically. Opportunity doesn't knock in vain at a real man's door. At least I don't believe it will knock here and not be admitted. Why the advertising department of this business alone is worth eighteen thousand dollars a year to begin with. Eugene sat up. He was getting twelve. Could he afford to ignore that offer? Could the Calvin Company afford to pay him that much? They were paying him pretty well, as it was. Could the Calvin Company offer him the prospects which this company was offering him? What is more, I might say, went on Colfax, the general publishing control of this organization, the position of managing publisher, which I am going to create, and which, when you are fitted for it, you can have, will be worth $25,000 a year, and that oughtn't to be so very far away, either." Eugene turned that over in his mind without saying anything. This offer, coming so emphatically and definitely at this time, actually made him nervous and fearsome. It was such a tremendous thing to talk about. The literary art and advertising control of the United Magazines Corporation. Who was this man White? What was he like? Would he be able to agree with him? This man beside him was so hard, so brilliant, so dynamic. He would expect so much. And then his work with Townsend Miller and under Mr. Calvin. How much he had learned of the editorial game by merely talking and planning with these two men. He had got the whole idea of timely topics, of big progressive national forecasts and features, of odd departments and interesting pieces of fiction, and personality studies from talking with Miller alone. Calvin had made clear to him what constituted great craftsmanship. Of course, long before, he had suspected just how it was. But in Philadelphia, he had sat in conference with Miller and Calvin and knew. He had practically managed the former's little art department for him, without paying much attention to it either. Could he really handle this greater thing if he tried? If he didn't, someone else would. Would the man who would be so much greater than himself? I'm not anxious that you should act hastily, said Colfax soothingly, after a little bit, for he saw that Eugene was debating the question solemnly, and that it was a severe problem for him. I know how you feel, you have gone into the Calvin Company, and you've made good. They've been nice to you. It's only natural that they should be. You hate to leave well, think it over. I won't tempt you beyond your best judgment. Think it over. There's a splendid chance here just the same i like you and i think you are the man to get away with it come down to my place tomorrow and let me show you what we have i want to show our resources i don't think you know how big this thing really is yes i do replied eugene smiling it certainly is a fascinating proposition but i can't make up my mind about it now it's something i want to think about i'd like to take my time and i'll let you know take all the time you want my boy take all the time you want exclaimed colfax i'll wait for you a little while i'm in no life or death hurry this position can't be filled satisfactorily in a minute when you're ready let me know what you decide and now let's go to the theatre what do you say the automobile was called mrs colfax and her guest miss janeer appeared there was an interesting evening in a box with eugene talking gaily and entertainingly to all and then an after theater bite at sherry's the next morning for he stayed all night at the colfax's they visited the united magazine corporation building together and at noon eugene returned to philadelphia his head was fairly seething and ringing with all he had seen and heard colfax was a great man he thought greater in some respects than calvin he was more forceful more enthusiastic younger more like himself than calvin he could never fail he was too rich he would make a success of this great corporation a tremendous success and if he went he might help make it with him what a thing that would be very different from working for a corporation with whose success he had never had anything to do should he ignore this offer new york a true art and literary standing a great executive and social standing, fame, money, all these were calling. Why, on eighteen or twenty-five thousand, he could have a splendid studio apartment of his own, say on Riverside Drive. He could entertain magnificently. He could keep an automobile without worrying about it. Angela would cease feeling that they had to be careful. It would be the apex of lieutenantship for him. Beyond that, he would take stock in the company. Were a business of his own what a long distance he had come from the days when here as a boy he had walked the streets wondering where he would find a three-dollar room and when as an art failure he carried his paintings about and sold them for ten and fifteen dollars dear heaven what peculiar tricks fortune could play the discussion with angela of this proposition led to some additional uncertainty for although she was greatly impressed with what Colfax offered, she was afraid Eugene might be making a mistake in leaving Calvin. The latter had been so nice to Eugene. He had never associated with him in any intimate way, but he and Angela had been invited to his home on several formal occasions, and Eugene had reported that Calvin was constantly giving him good advice. His attitude in the office was not critical, but analytic and considerate. He's been mighty nice to me, Eugene said to her one morning at breakfast. They all have. It's a shame to leave him. And yet, now that I look at it, I can see very plainly that there is never going to be the field here that there will be with the United Company. They have the publications and the book business, and the Calvin Company hasn't and won't have. Calvin is too old. They're in New York, too. That's one thing I like about it. I'd like to live in New York again, wouldn't you? It would be fine, said Angela, who had never really cared for Philadelphia and saw visions of tremendous superiority in this situation. Philadelphia had always seemed a little out of the way of things after New York and Paris. Only Eugene's good salary and the comforts they had experienced here had made it tolerable. Why don't you speak to Mr. Calvin and tell him just what Mr. Colfax says, she asked. It may be that he'll offer to raise your salary so much that you'll want to stay when he hears of this. "'No danger,' replied Eugene. "'He may raise it a bit, but he never can pay me $25,000 a year. There isn't any reason for paying it. It takes a corporation like the United to do it. There isn't a man in our place, gets that, unless it's Frederick's. Besides, I could never be anything more here, or much more.' an advertising manager. Miller has that editorial job sewed up. He ought to have it, too. He's a good man. This thing that Colfax offers lets me out into a new field. I don't want to be an advertising manager all my days, if I can help it. I don't want you to be either, Eugene, sighed Angela. It's a shame you can't quit entirely and take up your artwork. I always thought that if you were to stop now and go to painting you would make a success of it there's nothing the matter with your nerves now it's just a question of whether we want to live more simply for a while and let you work at that i'm sure you'd make a big success of it art doesn't appeal to me so much as it once did replied eugene i've lived too well and i know a lot more about living than i once did where could i make twelve thousand a year painting if i had a hundred thousand or a couple of hundred thousand laid aside it would be a different thing but i haven't all we have is that pennsylvania railroad stock and those lots in montclair eating their merry little heads off in taxes and that steel common stock if we go back to new york we ought to build on that montclair property and rent it if we don't want to live in it if i quit now we wouldn't have more than two thousand dollars a year outside of what i could earn and what sort of life can you live on that angela saw disappearing under those circumstances the rather pleasant world of entertainment in which they were disporting themselves art distinction might be delightful but would it furnish such a table as they were sitting at this morning would they have as nice a home and as many friends art was glorious but would they have as many rides and automobile trips as they had now would she be able to dress as nicely it took money to produce a variety of clothing house street evening morning and other wear hats at thirty-five and forty dollars were not in the range of artist wives as a rule did she want to go back to a simpler life for his art's sake wouldn't it be better to have him go with mr colfax and make twenty-five thousand dollars a year for a while and then have him retire you'd better talk to mr calvin she counseled you'll have to do that anyhow see what he says after that you can decide what you must do. Eugene hesitated, but thinking it all over, he decided that he would. One morning, not long after, when he met Mr. Calvin in the main hall on the editorial floor, he said, I'd like to talk to you for a few moments sometime today alone, Mr. Calvin, if you can spare me the time. Certainly. I'm not busy now, returned the President. Come right down. What is it you want to see me about? "'Well, I tell you,' said Eugene, when they had reached the former's office and he had closed the door, "'I've had an offer that I feel that I ought to talk to you about. It's a pretty fascinating proposition, and it's troubling me. I owe it to you as well as to myself to speak about it.' "'Yes, what is it?' said Calvin, considerately. "'Mr. Colfax of the United Magazine Corporation came to me not long ago and wanted to know if I would not come with him. He offers me $18,000 a year as advertising manager to begin with, and a chance to take charge of all the art and editorial ends as well, a little later at $25,000. He calls it the managing-publishing end of the business. I've been thinking of it seriously, for I've handled the art and advertising ends here and at the Summerfield Company. And I have always imagined that I knew something of the book and magazine business. I KNOW IT'S A RATHER LARGE PROPOSITION, BUT I'M NOT AT ALL SURE THAT I COULDN'T HANDLE IT." MR. CALVIN LISTENED QUIETLY. HE SAW WHAT COLFAX'S SCHEME WAS AND LIKED IT AS A PROPOSITION. IT WAS A GOOD IDEA, BUT NEEDED AN EXCEPTIONAL MAN FOR THE POSITION. WAS Eugene THAT MAN? HE WASN'T SURE OF THAT, AND YET PERCHANCE HE MIGHT BE. COLFAX, HE THOUGHT, WAS A MAN OF EXCELLENT FINANCIAL, IF NOT PUBLISHING JUDGMENT he might if he could get the proper person make an excellent success of his business eugene interested him perhaps more at first flash than he would later this man before him had a most promising appearance he was clean quick with an alert mind and eye he could see how because of eugene's success here colfax was thinking of him being even more exceptional than he was he was a good man, a fine man, under direction. Would Colfax have the patience, the interest, the sympathy to work with and understand him? "'Now let's think about that a little, Whitla,' he said quietly. "'It's a flattering offer. You'd be foolish if you didn't give it careful consideration. Do you know anything about the organization of that place over there?' "'No,' replied Eugene, nothing except what I learned by casually going over it with Mr. Colfax.' do you know much about colfax as a man very little i've only met him twice he's forceful dramatic a man with a lot of ideas i understand he's very rich three or four millions someone told me calvin's hand moved indifferently do you like him well i can't say yet absolutely whether i do or don't he interests me a lot he's wonderfully dynamic i'm sure i'm favorably impressed with him "'and he wants to give you charge eventually "'of all the magazines and books, the publishing end?' "'So he says,' said Eugene. "'I'd go a little slow if I were saddling myself "'with that responsibility. "'I'd want to be sure that I knew all about it. "'You want to remember, Whitla, "'that running one department under the direction "'and with the sympathetic assistance "'and consideration of someone over you "'is very different from running four or five departments "'on your own responsibility.' with no one over you except someone who wants intelligent guidance from you. Colfax, as I understand him, isn't a publisher, either by tendency or training or education. He's a financier. He'll want you, if you take that position, to tell him how it shall be done. Now, unless you know a great deal about the publishing business, you'll have a difficult task in that. I don't want to appear to be throwing cold water on your natural ambition to get up in the world you're entitled to go higher if you can no one in your circle of acquaintances would wish you more luck than i will if you decide to go i want you to think carefully of what you are doing where you are here you are perfectly safe or as nearly safe as any man who behaves himself and maintains his natural force and energy can be it's only natural that you should expect more money in the face of this offer and i shall be perfectly willing to give it to you i intended as you possibly expected to do something better for you by january i'll say now that if you want to stay here you can have fourteen thousand now and possibly sixteen thousand in a year or a year and a half from now i don't want to overload this department with what i consider an undue salary i think sixteen thousand dollars when it is paid will be high for the work that is done here "'but you're a good man, "'and I'm perfectly willing to pay it to you. "'The thing for you to do is to make up your mind "'whether this proposition which I now make you "'is safer and more in accord with your desires "'than the one Mr. Colfax makes you. "'With him your eighteen thousand begins at once. "'With me sixteen thousand is a year away, anyhow. "'With him you have promise of an outlook "'which is much more glittering than you can reasonably hope for here but you want to remember that difficulties will be of course proportionately greater you know something about me by now you still-and don't think i want to do him any injustice i don't have to learn about mr colfax now i advise you to think carefully before you act study the situation over there before you accept it the united magazine corporation is a great concern I have no doubt that under Mr. Colfax's management it has a brilliant future in store for it. He is an able man. If you finally decide to go, come and tell me, and there will be no hard feelings one way or the other. If you decide to stay, the new salary arrangements goes into effect at once. As a matter of fact, I might as well have Mr. Fredericks credit that up to you, so that you can say that you have drawn that sum here. It won't do you any harm.' Then we can run along as before. I know it isn't good business as a rule to try and keep a man who has been poisoned by a bigger offer, and because I know that is the reason why I am only offering you $14,000 this year. I want to be sure that you are sure that you want to stay. See? He smiled. Eugenia rose. I see, he said. You are one of the best men I have ever known, Mr. Calvin. You have constantly treated me "'with more consideration than I ever expected to receive anywhere. "'It has been a pleasure and a privilege to work for you. "'If I stay, it will be because I want to, "'because I value your friendship.' "'Well,' said Calvin quietly, "'that's very nice, I'm sure, and I appreciate it. "'But don't let your friendship for me, "'or your sense of gratitude, "'stop you from doing something you think you ought to do. "'Go ahead if you feel like it. "'I won't feel the least bit angry with you.' I'll feel sorry but that's neither here nor there life is a constant condition of readjustment and every good business man knows it he took eugene's extended hand good luck he said whatever you do his favorite expression end of section sixty eight